0: episode 96 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back, an online pornography addiction recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from pornography addiction. If you or anyone that you know is struggling with pornography addiction, please point them to pathbackrecovery.com. There you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to overcome pornography addiction. Hey, and I'll make it quick. Please stop by tonyoverbay.com, sign up there to get more info on upcoming programs on happiness, couples communication, pre-marriage communication, anger management, many, many good things coming to you in 2019. Your email will never be sold or shared or anything like that. As a matter of fact, um, rare will you get an email. And you can find me on Instagram at Virtual Couch, on Facebook at Tony Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist. All right. Hey, that was quick, right? So let's get to my guest making her second appearance on the Virtual Couch podcast, Caitlin Markham. Caitlin works in the same office as I do. I have now known her for a couple of years. Uh, could be more. Actually, it probably is. More like three or four years. She is fun. She is lively. She is energetic. She is young. Um, from people that i have referred to her, she is a really, really good therapist. She was a guest on episode 36. The episode was about eating disorders. And what a lot of people really resonated with in that episode was more of the concept of uh, she shared of disordered eating. So if you if you don't know the difference, please go listen to episode 36 with Caitlin So this episode is about dating. And as a matter of fact, Caitlin and I had traded a couple of texts on what do I even call it? What's the title? Of the episode because just dating, there's not going to be a lot of people that might be excited about that. And before you even tune out, or I guess you don't really switch the dial, but uh, go on to the next podcast, even if your dating days are long behind you, um, if you are not a what we call a millennial, if you are not a younger person of the younger generation, I really do think this is fascinating because we touch on all kinds of things. A lot of the things around um, dating in the social media area, uh, arena, um, dating. I don't think I was really going to say arena. Um, dating the social media age and uh, even I mean just phones and culture and um, there's all kinds of things that I learned here that I never knew about. Are you familiar with the men going their own way movement? Um, neither was I. So you're going to learn a little bit about that and uh, she's just she's just fun but I think that uh, we, we touch on a lot of topics. So if you have uh, kids, if you have grandkids, if someday you will have kids, um, I think it's just fascinating because this really does speak to Where we're at right now. And a lot of, uh, okay, I I can kind of soapbox this thing. So a lot of uh, older folk like myself, you know, even when we're just saying things like, you know, kids these days, they're tied to their phones. Uh, We sound like the old people that just we don't understand because we don't understand what it was like to grow up with um, the phone just being a part of your everyday life and part of your social circle and part of everything and social media apps and these sort of things. It's just been there since the day that you remember, you know, and uh, getting a phone early, write a passage, whatever, however we want to talk about that. And I'm not I'm not saying that that's uh, that's awesome. And we just need to say, okay um, you know, no worries. We don't have to worry about anything. But uh, but when you are trying to here we go, show empathy for um, folks of a younger generation. Again, I sound like such an old man. I'm not. I'm not even a grandpa yet or anything. But when you're trying to uh, express that empathy, it's it's key to know that just saying that you know I didn't have a phone in my day and I turned out okay that doesn't make the younger younger folks go oh, wow, Grandpa, you know, I think I'll get rid of my phone now too. It just doesn't. So so I think that this does a lot for just even trying to understand um, people, teenagers, anywhere through like uh, 20s, 30s, that sort of thing, and just kind of have a little bit, uh, you, you'll have more empathy and compassion for what that is like um, dating in uh, in the modern world. modern world. I just sound like such a, you know, what do I mean, that from a time machine or did I, did I set my bowler hat down and um, you know, uh, I don't know, play with my handlebar mustache as I'm making these comments. I'm really not that old. Um, but, but I mean, anyway, enough of that. Let's get to the, let's get to the interview. And a funny thing happened on the way to publishing this episode. We refer to the video. We refer to YouTube and, and you can find uh, the virtual couch YouTube channel. And there's a lot of video of, um, there's a lot of video of some of the interviews that I've done there, so you can you can go find that. But we refer to that, refer to it often. Uh, I think it would be safe to say that we even kind of glam for the camera. That is even a term anymore. And then something kind of went south with the video. So uh, you just have to go find uh, the pic that I posted for this episode on Instagram or on uh, tonyoverbay.com or at virtualcouch.xyz that, that shows the episode and create the hilarious moments in the theater of your mind. I do talk about her chill pill pillow, so maybe I'll see if she can take a picture of it and I can include it on the Instagram post. But so uh, unfortunately, that video is not available. It's the, the long lost video, the long lost tape. So uh, I also love that Caitlin is extremely aware of not wanting to offend folks that perhaps many, many people would have even thought might be offended by something. And she wants to make sure that she is really helping people. So with that said, she shared the following with me and, uh, and thought it might be a good idea to kind of read before we get into the episode. That this episode is in a more conversational tone because the topic of dating is more conversational, which is true. Please forgive any overgeneralizations that are made. Both therapists, that would be Caitlin and I both, understand that there are exceptions to all of the trends and the research that we talk about. Additionally, the comments made are based on research that focuses primarily on cisgendered heterosexual relationships. Future podcasts will address issues faced by the LGBTQ population regarding dating and the like. So thank you, Caitlin, for um, for thinking enough, uh, to, to, not want to offend people to, to, send me that and ask me to read that. But my goal is always to be authentic. Um, I mentioned that all the time. So when I first saw cisgendered, I honestly thought that she had maybe been thinking of a different word and then that darned autocorrect found yet another victim. But, uh, I decided to Google search it. So Google search, quick Google search helped me discover the word cisgendered with the following definition for anybody who may not have known. Cisgender, C-I-S-G-E-N-D-E-R, is a term for people whose gender identity matches the sex that they were assigned at birth. Cisgender may also be defined as those who have a, uh, quote, a gender identity or perform a gender role society considers appropriate for one's sex. Um, so in essence, it's uh, the opposite. And this is, again, in this definition I found, it's the opposite opposite of the term transgender. So, yes, I worry that many of the younger folks who uh, are big Caitlin fans just now found and tried to Google me to see if I'm either in my 80s or 90s which is uh, not quite that old, uh, and possibly I'm the only one who wasn't aware of the term cisgendered, and uh, that odd thing is I've, you know, I've worked with many clients who identify as LGBTQ, so um, thank you, Caitlin. Always teaching. There's, a, there's a, new, a new word for me, so cisgendered. But um, without any further ado, then, let's get to my interview with Caitlin Martin. I was like, don't say another word i'm I just
1: like... i'm naturally hilarious and in everything that i say well i am looking at the video right now and i wish i had gotten my roots done okay <laughs> i'm just like so if i'm talking about important things and then all of a sudden you see me catch a glimpse of myself and i adjust that's right. why i don't like being videotaped
0: don't you okay how mm-hmm. come tell me more
1: because i have like one good angle and if i go like two degrees and it's like which nose you know <laughs> And I'm not a very insecure person, but right. something about that. It's just yeah. like, which knows, which knows.
0: I just love your knows. comment about, uh, what did you say, um, can I just walk around with these lights all day? Yeah. So if I had a wind machine and the lights?
1: I, next time we're going to do this in my room. Yeah. And then I'm going to get Mary, our front desk person, to have a blow dryer. And just have her blow dry my hair the whole time so I look like Beyonce.
0: What do I do as a ball guy, though? Because I don't have that same... Nothing would kind of make me look cool like that. I mean, the
1: scribe is making you look a little bit more cool. I
0: could let it go a little longer, too. Now, uh, for the viewing eyes, this is how I draw people into the Virtual Couch YouTube channel. I took the chairs from Caitlin's office just because of this thing alone right here. The chill pill.
1: Yeah, this is my pillow that I offer when clients are being very overwhelmed and it's kind of like in a ridiculous manner i'm yeah. like do you need this mm-hmm. so there was a pillow by jonathan adler who i love and it was xanax but i was like for the people who are like popping pills right, that may or may not be appropriate sure so it's on my bed at home
0: oh, okay all right caitlin you are a return guest to yeah. the virtual couch it only took uh, 70 episodes to get you back i begged uh i couldn't get a hold of your people um, your publicist is really difficult to work with, but now you were here. Yeah, I had to fire her. <laughs> she was a mess. Okay. Um, so what are we here to talk about today? I, I told Caitlin before, hey, you're doing all the heavy lifting. I'll do my conversational thing. But I feel, I mean, I just turned 49. Oh, congrats. Thank you. And so I feel like a very old man because I feel like I'm basically saying, Caitlin, tell me about kids these days. Mm-hmm. Right. And I even tried to text my wife that we were doing a podcast I thought about some, like, millennial things, Mm -hmm. and I couldn't spell millennial. And uh, Autocrep kept saying, I don't know, like, something about Maui. And so then finally I'm like, kids these days. so Children's. Right?
1: Well, that's funny because the millennial youths or whatever, it's like 19 to 35, I think. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Don't, don't write this down, YouTube. But it's something like... It's not even the generation when you think of actual views. Okay. But it is a very important generation in terms of relationships and datings and, like, issues that are specific to that generation. Yeah. Which is what we're talking about. Right. Because
0: your your main demographic is what? Who are you working with?
1: Well, I work a lot with adolescents um, and then young adults and couple... Like, lots of things. Yeah. But... My primary interest in like all the research that I did in college and in grad school when I was allowed to do research yeah. um, revolved around like cultural definitions of ideal love and like uh, modern day relationships and how technology kind of influences okay. the quality of a relationship. That was always what interested me. So okay. luckily I'm able to pull from it um, for my therapy sessions and I have as a 29 year old Youth, yeah, who is single? Hmm. Like I have my own personal experiences, and a bunch of my friends have experiences. Um, So it's just something that's always like salient at the front of my mind. Okay,
0: and you are you are a fun person. I refer youths, you know, to yeah. you, and, and so where my desk or where my office is, it is funny. I'll be in here sometimes, and I'll just hear you coming out into the waiting room, and you're you know, I don't know very excited to see people, very conversational. You got that youth thing going and right? loud. And loud maybe a little bit <laughs> i have a white noise machine yeah, so that's, it's perfectly that's fine why. right uh, and i didn't even say the first episode we did was uh, and i love that i use this phrase all the time now i had asked you to come on and do something about eating disorders but then you helped us understand it was really about disordered eating and mm-hmm. i mean i've gotten tons of great feedback from that so good no pressure here i okay. zero pressure okay uh, much bigger audience now than back in the day make you nervous no. Okay.
1: But if I move my arms, because I talk my arms a lot, and you notice sweat stains, then, okay. then you'll be able to gauge how nervous I actually okay. am. Okay. All right. We'll keep <laughs> uh, we'll keep an eye on that.
0: So, um, all right. So, we're would you say then primarily we're talking about dating and youth and uh, the electronic age or social media, all of those things?
1: Yeah. Modern dating.
0: Modern dating. Okay. Um, so, where do we dive in? I mean, so I feel like my first question would be, what... I don't even know if I know the right questions to ask. So, what are what are some of the problematic uh, modern dating trends that you come across? I feel like I can throw in a bunch of cliches. Yeah. But then again, you're in the well. I want to
1: hear the cliches. Tell me what well, I mean. It's you're all okay.
0: On. What I hear often is uh, all guys want to do is play video games, and that uh, and that nobody really talks about things more. They're below uh, surface topics. That um, what else? I mean, there's just uh, the political correct stuff is so prevalent that people don't feel like they can be authentic or crack a joke, you know, cause it might be offensive or so I just kind of start to hear this almost paralyzing. How do we date?
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's probably one of the largest things that we're seeing is just like being paralyzed. And there are lots okay. of things that go into a lot of components that go into the current paralyzed state of daters. Um, probably start with, Technology. Okay. okay, so technology. iPhones. We were talking about this earlier, talking about how great iPhones yeah. are. But think about when was the last time that the iPhones were updated?
0: Um, I don't know.
1: It was probably like a couple months ago. Okay, I thought X. that was the answer. i was
0: like, I think I'm now getting the <laughs> old man. And is it some update? I don't know. No, I just got the yeah. The yeah, one you just out. got mm-hmm. that one. I yeah. Did. yeah. And
1: but it feels like, and it feels like, and it is also true that they're updated like every year. Yeah. And lots of times with like minimal updates, but you have to have the next one. Uh-huh. So if you think about just that aspect of the, how advancing technology creates this like consumerism mindset. Uh-huh. So we're consuming and consuming and consuming and always looking forward to, in six months there's gonna be something better. So how much am uh-huh. I gonna put into my care about this one thing knowing that it's gonna be updated? Okay. So tech the advances in technology over the past, 10 years have really made us see things like that, and then that trap that mindset travels on over to dating. Mm. So then we see things like um, Twitter or not Twitter, ugh, uh, what? Tinder, <laughs> and whatever, it's fine, it's live. This is live showbiz, right. baby. <laughs> um, we got like Tinder and Bumble and Hinge, and for old people,
0: these are dating apps,
1: these are dating apps, <clears throat> there's a bunch of different things that kind of also work within that consumerism Mm -hmm. mindset so you're scrolling through like 50 people in one sitting um when you start dating somebody you know in the back of your mind that there's going to be 50 more people to go through and so people kind of get in this existential crisis of do i want to commit myself to one thing when there could be something better out there. Okay. now
0: I feel a mind blown epiphany. Um, cause I do feel like kids these days are running into a lot of that where it yeah. is hard. And I, I honestly hadn't thought of it for coming from that angle of every, I mean, I've got guys that are addicted to just yeah swiping through. So for old people that don't know, right. You, what you're swiping through people you like one way or not like the other way. And if there's a match, then you can connect and all that yeah. stuff. Right. I didn't even think about that. So, cause you do get a lot of people that are saying, Um, I don't know, but if I start dating her, what if, what if somebody better comes along and I try to normalize that, you know, the what FOMO, fear of missing out, those kind of things. Yeah. But I didn't think of it from a terms of, Oh no, you've been groomed this way for a decade. Yeah. Right. So our generation, Uh, our (laughs) generation,
1: our generation (laughs) as a youth, I feel like the millennials were kind of the lost generation where they're too old to be growing up fully immersed in the technology mm-hmm. and they're too young to be living life completely fine without technology. So it's like all of the scientists were like, here, let's see how this goes. <laughs> and then we were like, I don't think this works. And then they analyze all the data and this upcoming generation just works so much better with really? it. And because it's just so much ingrained second nature part of their life. Yeah. It's yeah. second nature. Okay. And so for the millennial population or for 18-year-olds to 35-year-olds, it's a lot of, am I supposed to do dating like the old-fashioned way? Am I supposed to do it this way? And wow. the conflicts that come between the two, I think, um, in the olden days, and olden days as in like 1940s, uh-huh. like your options were the people your family knew, the people down the street, or the people who like went to your church or like your yeah. organizations. Okay you didn't have people across the country. If there's somebody across the country that would have been great for you, you would never meet them. Like that would never be something that was an option to you. And so uh, you like, that was your expectation of there's going to be a couple people that are good for me and I'm just going to pick one and then we make it work. And so then now it's like the uh, paralyzation from choice, too many choices. So you can have somebody in, like the UK that you think could be a good match for you versus somebody who's also down the street and all these other things. And so there are too many choices and people become paralyzed by thinking that they're supposed to make the best choice for them, but there are too many options. So then as a therapist, what we do to kind of work with the anxiety that too many options create is we change the shift of focus in dating from, Uh, finding to choosing.
0: Okay.
1: So it's it's less about finding somebody who's good for you because when you had four potential options, yeah, you wanted to find which of the four was going to be best for you. Yeah. And then now it's like you have so many options. It's more focused inward about you're going to choose somebody and then how do you make this relationship that you choose the best one for you instead of waiting for some outside source. So it's really internal locus of control like Bringing back the control and the individual's responsibility to make it work. Yeah. Which is actually a lot more helpful when it comes to people who have anxiety or depression. Because it's like, you have the power to choose. And so let's focus on that to help you move forward. Okay.
0: So I really like this. I, I will often talk about when people, I sometimes call it going out in the lab, dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're looking at bring back what are red flags? What are things you like? What are things you don't like? But then I even feel like sometimes people will pull a pretty, uh, like, you know, she doesn't like soup, you know, as a red flag. And yeah. it's almost like that gives me the excuse to now, you know, move on from her. And, yeah. that, and I think that plays into that because I know I swiped through a whole bunch more people this morning and there were some cuter girls.
1: Yeah. And there's somebody <clears throat> there's so many people out there out there that now because of like the globalization of technology mm-hmm. that you have access to, if you can find there's a higher chance not saying that you can find, but there's a higher chance that you can find somebody who has all the really picky things on your list, mm. or at least different variations of such, which makes you think like I have to keep looking out there.
0: So okay, so when you put it that way too, um, it, so when you're saying the locus of control, you're saying it is more from it's okay to this to, diet
1: coke. By the way,
0: it's just a very tall diet coke. Not a sponsor of the program, though. Maybe you'll get me. a They sponsor should be. Day, I
1: am wearing right? diet coke red. It is my happy color.
0: <laughs> so. So are you saying, though, that it's then are you encouraging people to kind of find the person that checks more of the boxes or is it more of a um, once you then choose, then now try to nurture that relationship?
1: Well, it's a balance. So you can find somebody who is more customized to you, Mm -hmm. um, but don't fixate. And this is where as therapists, we get to come in, which is fun to be like, okay, where are you going from normal to crazy? Yeah. Like, where are you going from, like, these are things that important, are important to me to I'm fixating on this list and the person has to be on this list. What kind of stuff comes to mind with that? Um, I, Oh, like shared interests. That's the number one thing that pops up. It's like this person has the same values as me. I'm physically attracted to them. There's really good chemistry. We can talk all the time. But they don't like video games or oh, they don't gotcha. like sports. That's the number one gotcha. thing that comes up. It's like they want to read a book and they don't like sports. And it's like, if you really care about somebody further along in the relationship, like, you'll go and watch sports with them, mm-hmm. you know. But somebody doesn't have to like everything that you like in or, order or to be okay. Or hit the brakes. We
0: gotta move on, Yeah, right?
1: There's a great Esther Perel quote that I'm about to butcher, but she she's the best. And you can look this up um, based on what I'm gonna say. It's like something about a village. Just like Google Esther Perel village. Okay. Um, and she has a thing about how nowadays we expect one person to do everything that a bill it used to take a village to do Oh, so like a village you would have you know your best friend so you go to them for friend advice you'd have your husband who was like that relationship like sexual relationship and babies and then yeah. it's like you go to your priest and that's like your spiritual person so it would take an entire village to meet all these needs and now because we have access to so many more people it's like Maybe there's somebody out there who can meet a bunch of these needs instead of me doing the regular thing of I like them enough, I want to get to know them more, we have great chemistry, and we have the same values, so I'm going to choose them yeah. and then get friendship needs elsewhere. If I want to watch The Bachelor, I don't need...
0: Him. A boyfriend okay. no, who good. loves a
1: bachelor. So I was thinking,
0: yeah, somebody's going to find the guy that he has a six-pack abs, he cries at, uh, you know, um, movies about animals and kids. Yeah. And he can also fix things. And, like, so that's where they feel like, i got to have all that.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's like, you don't. You can have a... You can hire a plumber to fix things. Right. You know, like, yeah. there are people yeah. out there, so it's also about... Moving away from expecting all these things from one person, one Mm. person to meet all these needs, which is just ridiculous and impossible to how can we look at the core things from one person and get the other things elsewhere. I
0: like that so much because I also feel like in working, so I work with a lot of men and I feel like a lot of men even say, I have to kind of put out there that I am the guy that can do everything, even if I'm not. And it's almost because they're they're maybe getting that expectation from girls that they're dating. So
1: look at that transition. I know. Right. Well, that was a beautiful transition. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank
0: you. So but, this but it's like, boom, mind though. Cause I, like, yeah. cause then I'm like telling the guy, no, no, you gotta be authentic. And he's like, authentic doesn't get the, the girls. And, and, and then they'll even justify, I mean, I can learn how to fix a sink, you know, and as a yeah. guy who can't fix anything myself, it's like, no, no, you can't. Sinks are
1: people make their whole careers fixing sinks. <laughs> right. That's They're like somebody being fixers. like, I could figure out how to like do dental work. It's like, <laughs> no, this is somebody's career that takes a lot to <laughs> learn, you know. Yeah. But people don't have to do that in order to be happy. I think
0: uh, uh quick quick side, don't forget that thought. I won't. Um, so I've been doing Am a lot I? of podcasts on uh, things like narcissism, personality disorders. So I love that there are people out there that are like, actually, I probably could do dental work if I thought about it, right? Oh, um, <laughs> my last boyfriend was like that. <laughs> Was like
1: I could do all these things like what I'm like oh, the the young the youths the, the youths, youths, youths who think they can do everything I'm like pick one thing
0: yeah okay yeah. what was your thought if you forgot it I'm gonna feel bad
1: okay no so that was kind of transitioning into <clears throat> what are some of the like trends that are going on right now like with men so men mm-hmm. dating within this millennial category um we see a lot of people and as a young single adult like I hear all of the ladies complaining about how there's nobody out there and like all this, like that's all I hear. So all I hear, uh, in my social life is about like the ladies side, but, um, on the other side. So the ladies complain about like how people are not dating, Mm -hmm. how guys are not asking girls out. Um, and then if you look at the research and if you look at what's going on, you see that men are facing this double bind, this paralyzing double bind. And so this double bind is like a catch 22 where, um, women are expecting them to be the good, nice relationship guy. And they're also expecting them to be the charismatic, mysterious, like sexy guy, bad boy,
0: passionate, all this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you can't necessarily be both of those. It's really, you can, but it's very, very difficult to find that. Mm -hmm. And so, guys, when they're dating in the lab and they're getting the feedback from the people, um, oftentimes they're finding that if they go into just the role of um, the relationship guy, that lots of times they get cheated on because Um, their partners complain about them not being like passionate or like spontaneous enough when they chose them to not be spontaneous to be safe, you know? Or, if you're, if the guy feels compelled to go and like the bad boy, like sexy, all the abs
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, route, then he'll have fun. But then the girls will be like, but I can't take you home to my parents. So we won't get that long-term yeah. relationship benefit. So a lot of times what we're seeing these days with guys is that this double bind makes it so that there's insufficient motivation and insufficient rewards to even pursue dating. Okay.
0: So it's like, darn if you do, darn, if you don't, well, yeah, it's like, there's, there.
1: there are not enough good things that they're getting from the dating situation because of the bind that they're put in that they just say, I'm opting out. And mm. so we have this movement of,
0: oh my gosh, this is yeah. the initials. you Yeah, the me? initials. M G T O W. M G G T O W.
1: M G G T O. So it's men going their own way. And it started out as like an online commiseration Gosh. Community, but it's the it's the male equivalent of. And once again, we're speaking about male and female. We don't even have enough time to talk oh. about like people on the spectrum yeah, of gender sure. identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I apologize for that. That can be a different thing, a different podcast. And um, uh, we but, have the third part of the
0: trilogy with you here. Oh um, man,
1: so many good stuff. Okay. Wait, but so that's like the male equivalent of the cis male equivalent of ladies who are like, I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need a man. Oh,
0: gotcha. Like that's
1: what the guys are doing. Wow. And they, so, uh, one of my friends, one of my guy friends was dating this girl and they had great chemistry and, um, everything was going really well. But, he ended up breaking off things and we're all like, what are you doing? You're crazy. She's awesome. And he's like, I want to be able to not be accountable to anybody. I want to be able, he was like a high powered attorney Mm. and work long days and come home. And he's like, at the end of the day, I don't want to have to think about texting a girl. I want to just like sit and play video games.
0: Exactly. And can I uh, bring it dark a little bit now? I mean, yeah, I don't know if you know where I'm going, but it's like, uh, I've only worked with uh, over a thousand guys with uh, pornography addiction, also sexual behavior. So, I mean, I'm sure that plays into that too, where it's like when they can, they get their their gratification through a online woman who never says no, is always there as the perfect, whatever, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. That doesn't help this either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> does not, dark, right? It does um, not. <laughs> so, so the, it's, and by the way, when I looked up, when you had sent me those initials and I had no idea what they were, I love it because it said, uh, this community is part of what is more broadly termed the manosphere. Have you heard that one?
1: <laughs> no, but people are saying like man vacate. It's like in the LDS community, it's uh-huh. like 26 to 33 year olds who like go on row vacations oh. and it's just like, they're like we don't care about girls anymore. It's not worth it. Let's go on vacation. Let's go on cruises together. And so you see, like, and it blows, all the parents are like, what is happening? Yeah. Because it blows their minds because that didn't happen before because most of the fulfillment that you would get out of life would be like after you got married, you know? Yeah. And so these guys are like, well, I'm earning enough in my job and I don't see somebody that I want to invest in. And so let's just go on a bro cruise. It's so, and it was so strange when I first saw it, but then the more I learned about the double bind, I'm like, well, of course you feel that way. Yeah.
0: What do you do about it then? What do we do? I mean, we're bringing awareness, which is what therapists can always say first, right? Yes. Um, And then it is what? Putting themselves out there? Is it.
1: uh, It's redirecting the focus inward of like, of um, choosing instead of finding. Yeah. It's um, helping to get rid of the cognitive distortions of like. disqualifying the positive Uh and overemphasizing the negative. So after you have a bunch of negative dating experiences, you're more likely to go into a dating situation and be like, I hate this, 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 and not even listen to the good things that are going on. Someone's like, yeah,
0: prove it on the date, right? Exactly. And
1: also uh, something that I always tell my clients and my friends is, make a concerted effort to not stalk somebody's Instagram before the first date. Okay. Because people are going into first dates thinking that they're going on a date with this person's Instagram or their social media presentation. Yeah. And then that makes them less likely to hear anything that the person has to say that has to do contrary with what image they're presenting. Right. You know? So you want to be able to go in and actually give somebody a chance at having a clean slate to present who they are to you without having all these preconceived notions. Okay. Boy,
0: how hard is that though? I mean, do you feel like it's super difficult? Okay. I mean, is that, is that the go-to just to, to look? I mean, it is right. To look oh, people- that's
1: the go-to. And then if you don't do it, then your friends send it to you. My dad looks at people's LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can admit I've done that a time or two, Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, and I, I don't, I know we weren't, Maybe this wasn't the direction we're going next, but I have noticed a lot lately guys that almost have, so you know, we got the pornography addiction part. Sometimes people will get away from that, but they almost have an addiction toward they're they're looking at people's Instagram and then they might see someone they find attractive that might be a friend of somebody or whatever. Mm-hmm. I now know I can say this very confidently. Then they DM them,
1: right? Sliding into the DM. Sliding into the DM. I yep.
0: wasn't for sure if I could use that phrase, but you okay, can. that works. But it and it's almost like a numbers game where they're even just throwing out these, hey, you're cute, hey, you're cute. Almost like a copy and paste and trying to see what response they'll get. And it's and just like I've had people that I think are almost addicted to the dating apps and they might have multiple people going at one time, that I feel like that's happening more on Instagram. And then people are are they even trying to see what people they can get that will, I don't know, send them photos or that sort of thing too. Yeah. Do you hear that stuff as well?
1: Oh yeah. And I get that stuff. Do you? Okay. There are people, especially when you run in like similar circles, Uh like I've had somebody send me the same exact same message word for word that he sent my friend. Oh wow. And I was just like, he's just cutting and pasting like that's not, but it's, so that's part of the, I feel like in general guy, and this is probably going to sound like sexist, but forgive me, whatever. (laughs) Uh, I feel like in general, guys have um, a higher tolerance for rejection, so they do play that numbers game. It's yeah. like, you, 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 and you're like, that's no, that's no, okay, you, that's no, whereas girls, like, each time they get rejected, they have a tendency to internalize it more, mm. or on average, they yeah. internalize it more, and so then if each rejection, like, hurts, so we have guys going out and playing the numbers game, and then girls... Like responding to the numbers game, and which is like kind of like a half assed effort, yeah, you know, yeah, and investing fully in that. And then the guy is being like, eh, whatever, I found something else. Right. And so, then a lot of rejection on the social media platform, yeah. I think also what it does, what Instagram, um, signing to DMs, technology in general, especially social media, um, what we see a lot of is. This disconnect between your authentic self and what you're throwing out there. Okay. So a lot of times we see people who are going super like they're sharing emotional, emotionally intimate things, details mm-hmm. that usually would be shared on like a third day or a fourth day about themselves But because of the anonymity of being online and you're not looking at the person in the eyes, telling them like, my dad left me, you know? So they share that within the first like 10 minutes of talking to somebody. So I, okay, then I
0: do hear all those like, we we got so close, you know, right away. And then it's, uh...
1: and then it's, it's not leveled out when you meet them in person. It's a, where the emotional intimacy has been established, not face to face. And then the physical intimacy is off. So then people do this thing of like splitting mm. where a lot of times we're seeing in modern relationships that communicating via text, you can get really deep with your partner absolutely, and then you just meet up and hook up yeah, and there isn't really anything there. And there's like this disconnect. And so that prevents people from, cause you want to be able to have the emotional intimacy with the person physically there in order to have it feel right. Um, and so we're getting a lot of like, uh, emotional booty calls.
0: Really? What does that mean? These
1: are hilarious. Okay. So, like, usually somebody would, or usually, back in the day.
0: We're not talking not in the 40s in, now. we're
1: the I'm talking about, like, 2009. Okay. So somebody would call you, and they'd be like, hey, are you up? Or mm. even send, like, a you up text. And that, like, they're <clears> using you for your body. Right. It's so like booty call. Yeah. Using you for your body. Now we get kind of the opposite of that, where guys are going and getting, guys or girls are getting their... Um, physical needs met elsewhere by people that they're not emotionally connected to and then they go back to like the one person who they emotionally connect to over texting and use them for emotional intimacy. Wow. So we see a lot of girls and guys probably but more so from what I have seen is like girls who are like it doesn't make sense because he tells me everything. And then I see him going on dates with these other girls who just like, he has obviously no connection with, but then he comes back and he's like so vulnerable. Wow. And it's once again, the splitting that is made easier by technology. So they're getting their emotional part fulfilled by one person. And then their sexual part fulfilled by some emotional booty call. I wrote that in the notes. That's going in
0: the, that's going in all the the promo stuff for this episode.
1: Emotional booty call. You know what an
0: emotional booty call is? Uh, do you want to, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> do you not want to? <laughs> right. Um, this might be a silly question, but I do feel like when dating sites were the, all the rage, and I and I'm old enough where I remember some of the first clients that you know I'm trying this online dating. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and so, but then they've got like Match or all these kind of things. You would have to do this 800 page profile that would match you right down to even the flavor of whatever toothpaste yeah. or whatever you like. And so now I feel like the Tinder and those kind of things. It is all about the visual, right? Yeah. I mean, do you feel like that, I mean, I guess I'm kind of just bringing awareness to that, that I I used to be pretty in on clients when they were doing all uh, online dating because they really could find someone that was pretty close. There was always the worry that somebody's not being honest in the surveys or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, so now what does, here's what I run into in my office a lot. What does someone do if they aren't attractive, quite frankly? I mean, that, that sounds kind of harsh, but you know, they they kind of feel like I don't, nobody's going to read more than a paragraph and that paragraph needs to say what I like to walk on the beach and. I don't know, watch YouTube and...
1: You got to do the humor thing. Ah. I think, and so this is a thing where it's like tale as old as time um, where when I talk about like the similarities and the differences between modern dating and dating back when uh-huh. is they have different presentations but it's all the same issues. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing gotcha. all the same issues but they're just shown in different ways. So whereas one was like, oh, I'm sitting on the couch with my husband and I feel like he's not sharing with me his emotions. Where that looked like that previously, now maybe it looks like he's liking my Instagram pictures, but he's not texting me back. So it boils down to a communication issue, but just presented in different ways. Um, And so this is something else, like how do I appear attractive to other people? That's tale as old as time, but now it looks, the concern looks different because image is so readily available yeah. and other people's images are more available too. And that's the more concerning thing is like, if you had nobody else to compare yourself again, you'd be like, I'm the hottest person in the world. Like I'm fine. yeah. But now that there's so many other people and image is so important in, um, mate selection, like you have to do what people did back in the day like you gotta be funny, you gotta okay. have a good personality, you gotta right. have a good job, you gotta be really into your spirituality, you have to pick that, another thing is, is and try hard to value though, that.
0: With the amount of characters I guess people have to deal with. I think and I feel bad that I said, what if they're not attractive? Everyone is attractive in their own way, Caitlin. Let that be a lesson sure. for all of us, right? Sure. But I mean, really, saying the people that say you know, they say to me, it's like I'm. I'm. No one is, you know, swiping my way or whatever. Yeah. I mean, because it still is a matter of, I I don't know. Funny is great, but are people just if the swipe culture, are they even trying to find out if somebody's funny?
1: Well, and that's the thing is, uh, I think people are. There are people out there. So for the people who don't feel like you fit the physical attractive norms of our society, I want to tell you, there's hope. Um, funny and good job is a lot more important these days than physical attractiveness. And okay. because those things are being listed, like an opportunity to showcase your humor and then also the, um, like what your job is uh-huh. on a lot of the apps It says that yeah. like that actually gives you an in. So that's good. Okay. Um, also like, but people are, they are looking at for what they're looking for essentially so yeah. that, that i mean that didn't no, that sounded stupid but like so like for me yeah um i would swipe right or left or whichever app I that i'd be on oh, one I of understand. the apps i'd be like yeah i like this person if actually one of my really good friends that's i saw his profile and <laughs> it was the same picture it, he had like three pictures that like three slots for pictures uh-huh. And so it was the same picture, just zoomed in, like, closer on the next one, then zoomed in till it was, like, right here. And that, I was just crying okay, laughing. Okay, so no,
0: he, he used, that he was able to work the humor into what he had. Work with what he got.
1: Yeah, right? no, exactly. The and one. then, so then other people, their, like, tagline can be really funny. My friend Amanda is, like, drop-dead gorgeous. Like, seriously, just, like, incredibly beautiful. And she will pick somebody, not necessarily based on their pictures, but what, if their tagline's funny. So, like, wow. um somebody's tagline was, um, I look forward to meeting you
0: in a well-lit public place. (laughs) Okay. No, that's good. Yeah. And she was like, okay,
1: that's hilarious. And then she swiped up on them and they went on a couple dates. And now they're happily
0: married and they have a lot of kids and all that stuff. Right. Oh my gosh. Amanda would die if she had a lot of kids. No, they're not. But,
1: but those are the types of profiles that she, that she looks at and that she spends extra time on. You just have to find a way. And this is something that you can do with your therapist. It's like, Find a way to best showcase your personality and no, what you bring really to the table into your online dating profile. And I feel like the benefit of the apps getting better is that um, it's not just images. So, like, Tinder is what you want to go on if you want a booty call right. because it just shows that. Yeah. Um, but, like, Bumble, it shows – it gives you – about me, and then even some random questions that you have answers to, like what would you bring on a desert island, or like what was the last concert that you went to,
0: stuff well, like that. The, in your, I like what you're saying. People are gonna like what they're gonna like, even in the sense that, in my brain, went to um, if they're on Bumble and they're still just looking at the face. But like that person, that's what they're. That wouldn't do. have been exactly. good for you anyway. Yeah, exactly. If you want somebody exactly. who's
1: focused on image, then yeah. you don't want that person to swipe on you anyway. Yeah. And so, I guess what my advice would be to the people who are using apps to date is try to make your profile as representative of you as you can so that you spend less time on the people who are focusing on things that are contrary to what you're looking for. That's really good.
0: That's good. I like that a lot. Um, Can I tell you super quick? I'll make it so fast. Uh, They, I had a client. It's funny when you talk about Tinder, um, I have had one client in the years who did not know that's what it was for. And so, uh, yeah, just gotten into the dating scene, older, divorced, that sort of thing. It goes and meets a woman at a place and, and he's, you know, oh, so tell me about your whatever. And she's basically like, Are we like gonna do you want to get the car or where, where, where yeah, are we Yeah, like why are you like, talking
1: to me about my oh, life? Right. <laughs> and, and, he, and he was
0: almost like, geez, you're pretty pushy. And then thank goodness she's like, We met on Tinder. You know, yeah, you know, and then uh, that's one of my funny stories. Yeah,
1: like, like grinder for
0: mm. I uh, don't know of these things.
1: grinders like the hookups app for uh homosexual men uh, okay and so like you aren't going on there to like find a long lasting relationship that you bring to your mom necessarily okay gotcha but so you also have to have knowledge of that yeah so then that's something that's important for parents of millennials and also you know the mentors of millennials you yeah. know is to understand the different apps and the different uh well, it's funny. Means, yeah. so that you know how to best help them.
0: because well, when you say that, I have worked with a couple of people helping them write their online profiles. I love doing that. I think it's kind of fun to do. But I'm still doing it as if they're going on Match. You know? Because yeah. I, I, so you know, maybe with my wife next to me, I need to look at what one of these dating apps looks like. I don't want to. I don't want her to be looking through my phone one day and it's like, "Why does Tony have all these dating apps?"
1: I'll re-download. What I think is, I think that they need to have. Uh, like number of times that you've deleted and redownloaded an app available on your profile. So
0: <laughs> I, okay. I love that. I, my big joke is like, I'm sure the, yeah, the amount of downloads for Tinder alone. Cause when I'm working with people with compulsive sexual behavior yeah. or whatever, it's like, uh, okay, I deleted the Delete app. Delete it. And right? then it's like, it's like two weeks later. Well, I was well on yeah, Saturday and night like,
1: and you're like, uh, ah. yeah. like me, it's like, a, you know, download mutual or whatever. And yeah. then I swipe through like three people and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm like, delete. delete. Yeah. And so mine would be like, a hundred times in the past six can, months. Can I tell you, the, one of the things
0: a year or so ago, I had a client um, give me the parental control password for his iPhone to download apps or whatever. So oh, then wow. I would get the, and it, it, once or twice. Like times, the request? Yeah. So you're like, like, no. Like, you're <laughs> quitting your kids. It's like 1130 on a Friday. And it's like, so-and-so would like to download Tinder, right? And I'm all, decline, you know? It was pretty funny. That's super smart, too. I know, right? I love that. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, okay, a couple of... Here's uh, what we got. We got a few minutes left. What do you... Is it okay, then, for women to ask men on dates, or...
1: Yeah, well, and they are. Okay. Oh, see, all the guys are lying to me, Caitlin. They are. The guys are, <laughs> because they're... I feel like, you know, the resentment builds once you face the double bind enough times that you're just like, man and you mm. don't want to go out. And same for, like, women, the double bind that women feel, they have one too. Yeah. Um, People just get tired and exhausted from it. And then, you know, doing the cognitive distortion of disqualifying the positive, like, they're only looking out there for examples that confirms their bias. Yeah. And so women are asking out guys. Um, women are becoming more... Comfortable with like helping to pay for dates or going Dutch or stuff like that. Like mm. things are progressing. So I think that those are just some excuses that your clients are telling you. No, oh, I was
0: going to say, I'm a big acceptance and commitment therapy fan. So if they confuse that, uh, you know, women are never asking me, thought, then they don't have to even uh, put themselves out there in the. Oh, yeah. right? um Okay. Let me, I wrote this one down because I don't think, I don't know if it's going to make a lot of sense, but. Uh, at what point does someone become exclusive? Meaning I've worked with men who are in the lab, dating a lot of people, getting to learn more about their own likes, dislikes. They like a girl. At what point then, you know, if then they go out with another girl, then does that girl, is she offended or, you know
1: what? Okay. <laughs> I know. No, I know exactly you know what, what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: And because I work with the youths, mm-hmm. um,
1: this is such a funny conversation to have. Cause they'll be like, Oh yeah, my boyfriend. And I'm like, but I thought you said that you're going out with other people or that person's still kissing other people It it's like, yeah, but he's my boyfriend but we're like talking and I'm like, what? Hey, huh? Hey, like, what I is explain, this? Kid. So, I don't think I can accurately explain. It's an anomaly. Anomaly people have different levels and stages and what they consider to be uh, dating and what they consider to be relationships and what they consider to be committed and what oh, they, just like they have that people have that. different definitions of what they think sex is. Yes. And it's like, there's an, Anatomical Some, yeah, definition, hands
0: to all the way to yeah. Yeah, okay. so
1: there's a wide variety. So I guess the importance is to you know ask for more information to really help to clarify. But then it also comes back down to the same issues and different presentations. Mm. So um, we get the he's liking other girls' pictures, but they're not quote unquote exclusive. That is the same thing as back when they started people would just start dating and then he'd like flirt with somebody else. Like it comes down to, you got to have a conversation. You got to have the DTR. So the DTR (laughs) is very much alive Define the relationship talk. I thought it was something that was just exclusive to like BYU Provo culture. Mm. Turns out it's not. Turns out healthy communication is good for everybody. What? Weird. (laughs) So setting those boundaries. So anytime a client comes in um, and they're feeling distress from, the uncertainty, because people are going to feel distressed from uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that happens, they I tell them, like, okay, so next time we're going to do a DTR. And they're like, meh. But it's really important to have that clarity for them. So it's less about labels of exclusive or not. But, like, what are our expectations yeah. for each other? What, Where do we see this progressing? Where do we see it not progressing? Like, not getting too far in the distance of, like, are we gonna get married? Because you can't know that after three dates. But after yeah. three dates, I still have my hard and fast rule of like start figuring stuff out. Okay,
0: that's good. Yeah. Um, what do you think about even sites like uh meetup.com, those kind of things of going out there and actually trying to be amongst people and not just doing this thing online, the dating. Do you have people oh, doing yeah. that or is that? Well I think that you need
1: thing? to no, actually I have a client who does that <laughs> funny story, uh we were looking at it because um, they had moved to the area and they were looking for people to go out and hang out with and see people who had like similar interests yeah. and um, we got we were looking up Meetup, and uh, this group came up and it was like women's depression group and it was like women's like 18 to 30 year olds and I was like oh that could be good and then I click on it and it's a bunch of people holding up Scientology books <laughs> And I, like, literally just told her, like, all the times. I'm like, oh, this looks good, this is exciting, and it's here at this time. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm Jazz. And then, like, I clicked on it, and I was like, never mind, it's a Scientology trap. (laughs) Um, And she actually went to a different one that turned out to be a Scientology trap as well. So you got to be mindful and got to find some more information on that. But I think that it's always a good idea to go uh, out in the real world quote-unquote oh i sound like such an old lady when i said that. it first
0: i did you right? did but did. like
1: real world like go out and engage in the things that you're interested in and that's really how you find people with similar values and similar interests to you yeah
0: greatest story i had with that one years ago so um but it's somebody that met somebody at a meetup for board games mm-hmm. and now they live happily ever after how cool See? is that right
1: and if that's they something that you games. love yeah. yeah then that's something that's important to you yeah
0: um, Caitlin, this went super fast. This did. It's crazy, I right? could talk about this all day. Uh, maybe we should. I'll see if my one o'clock canceled. Maybe your one o'clock canceled. <laughs> right? We'll keep going. Right? Yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay. The, this is part two of the trilogy. I can't wait for part three. We'll figure out what it is. Um. Probably
1: like LGBTQ stuff. Yeah.
0: Okay. That'd be good. Um, anywhere, and it's not yeah.
1: cohesive at all it's like eating disorders and then like dating and then like LGBTQ. Oh, yeah that's you. why you're cool though but trilogy like me because you just love meeting with me and exactly. the next time it will be in my office yeah we're gonna. I'm
0: going to do my first away podcast
1: and I think I'm going to have like twinkle lights in there by then
0: oh that'd be really nice yeah okay so uh, get the
1: bring this lighting and then we'll have twinkle lights
0: so extra. I do the, the good old where do people find you I mean is that a fair question uh, Bridges Counseling Center
1: Bridgen, Bridges Counseling Center um psychology
0: today oh yeah and, and also you write stuff that's in the california association of marriage family therapist the therapist magazine yeah which is super cool so i write for the therapist mm-hmm.
1: and yeah you find me on the virtual couch this is the virtual couches i know
0: right caitlin markham thank you so much thanks for what having me. what a pleasure
1: i am a pleasure
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>